Thank you for downloading from the Great Commission Society. Support for this podcast comes from your generous gifts and donations. You can find out more about our global ministry and team at www.greatcommissionsociety.com. Edith Burns was a wonderful Christian who lived in San Antonio, Texas. She was the patient of a doctor by the name of Will Phillips. Now, Dr. Phillips was a gentle doctor who saw patients as people. His favourite patient was Edith Burns. One morning, he went to his office with a heavy heart, and it was because of Edith Burns. When he walked into the waiting room, there sat Edith with her big black Bible in her lap, earnestly talking to a young mother sitting beside her. Edith Burns had a habit of introducing herself in this way. Hello, my name's Edith Burns. Do you believe in Easter? Then she would explain the meaning of Easter, and so many times people would be saved. Dr. Phillips walked into that office, and there he saw the head nurse, Beverly. Beverly had first met Edith when she was taking her blood pressure. Edith began by saying, my name is Edith Burns. Do you believe in Easter? Beverly said, well, yes, I do. Edith said, well, what do you believe about Easter? Beverly said, well, it's all about egg hunts, going to church and dressing up. Edith kept pressing her about the real meaning of Easter and finally led her to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Dr. Phillips said, Beverly, don't call Edith into the office quite yet. I believe there's another delivery taking place in the waiting room right now. After being called back into the doctor's office, Edith sat down, and when she took a look at the doctor, she said, Dr. Will, why are you so sad? Are you reading your Bible? Are you praying? Dr. Phillips said gently, Edith, I'm the doctor and you're the patient. With a heavy heart, he said, your lab report came back, and it says you got cancer. And Edith, you're not going to live very long. Edith said, why, Will Phillips, shame on you. Why are you so sad? Do you think God makes mistakes? You've just told me I'm going to see my precious Lord Jesus, my husband, and all my friends. You've just told me that I'm going to celebrate Easter forever. And here you're having difficulty giving me my ticket. Dr. Phillips thought to himself, what a magnificent woman this Edith Burns is. Edith continued coming to Dr. Phillips. Christmas came and the office was closed through to the 3rd of January. On the day the office opened, Edith did not show up. Later that afternoon, Edith called Dr. Phillips and said she would have to be moving her story to the hospital and said, Will, I'm very near home, so do you make sure that they put women in here next to me in my room who needs to know about Easter? Well, they did just that, and women began to come in and share that room with Edith. Many women were saved. Everybody on that floor, from staff to patients, was so excited about Edith that they started calling her Edith Easter. That is, everyone except Phyllis Cross, the head nurse. Now Phyllis made it plain that she wanted nothing to do with this Edith because she was a religious nut. She had been a nurse in an army hospital. She'd seen it all and heard it all. She was the original G.I. Jane. She'd been married three times. She was hard, cold and did everything by the book. Now one morning, the two nurses who were to attend to Edith were sick. Edith had the flu and Phyllis Cross had to go in and give her a shot. When she walked in, Edith had a big smile on her face and said, Phyllis, God loves you and I love you and I've been praying for you. Phyllis Cross said, well, you can quit praying for me. It won't work. I'm not interested. Edith said, well, I will pray and I have asked God not to let me go home until you come into the family. Phyllis Cross said, then you'll never die because that will never happen and curtly walked out of the room. Every day, Phyllis Cross would walk into the room and Edith would say, God loves you, Phyllis, and I love you, and I'm praying for you. 
One day Phyllis Cross said she was literally drawn to Edith's room like a magnet would draw iron. She sat down on the bed and Edith said, I'm so glad you've come because God told me that today is your special day. Phyllis Cross said, Edith, you've asked everybody here the question, do you believe in Easter? But you've never asked me. Edith said, Phyllis, I wanted to many times, but God told me to wait until you asked, and now you have asked. Edith Burns took her Bible and shared with Phyllis Cross the Easter story of the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Edith said, Phyllis, do you believe in Easter? Do you believe that Jesus Christ is alive and that he wants to live in your heart? Phyllis Cross said, oh, I want to believe that with all my heart and I do want Jesus in my life right here. Well, Phyllis Cross prayed and invited Jesus Christ into her heart. For the very first time, Phyllis Cross did not walk out of a hospital room. She was carried out on the wings of angels. Two days later, Phyllis Cross came in and Edith said, do you know what day it is? Phyllis Cross said, why Edith, it's Good Friday. Edith said, oh no, for you, every day is Easter. Happy Easter, Phyllis. Two days later on, Easter Sunday, Phyllis Cross came into work, did some of her duties and then went down to the flower shop and got some Easter lilies because she wanted to go up to see Edith and give her some Easter lilies and wish her a happy Easter. When she walked into Edith's room, Edith was in bed. That big black Bible was on her lap. Her hands were in that Bible. There was a sweet smile on her face. When Phyllis Cross went to pick up Edith's hand, she realized Edith was dead. Her left hand was on John 14. In my father's house and many mansions, I go to prepare a place for you. I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Her right hand was on Revelation chapter 21 verse 4, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There should be no more death, no sorrow, nor crying, and there should be no more pain, and the former things have passed away. Phyllis Cross took one look at that dead body and then lifted her face towards heaven with tears streaming down her cheeks and said, Happy Easter, Edith. Happy Easter. Phyllis Cross left Edith's body, walked out of the room and over to a table where two students' nurses were sitting. She said, My name is Phyllis Cross. Do you believe in Easter? For the first time in our lives, churches around the world will be celebrating Easter this weekend by not gathering together. It's a tragic picture of these sad and scary days, yet it's similar in several ways to what happened on the very first Easter. Hello and welcome to our GCS podcast with author and evangelist Tony Anthony. The scientific community is racing to find a COVID-19 vaccine to give a vague promise to humanity of immortality based upon chemical changes and formulas. But until science can find a solution for the problem of sin, it will not find a solution for the problem of death. Every religion and philosophy in the world agrees that their founders have never come out of death in the resurrection. It's only Christianity that finds hope in an empty tomb. Is there any hope for us today? Did Jesus rise from the dead? Does it really matter if Jesus was raised from the dead or not? What evidence is there and why is the resurrection so important? Let's join Tony as he examines the compelling evidence for the resurrection and explains why it's relevant for us today. The global fight against COVID-19 is gathering tremendous momentum. New hope for a vaccine is welling up in the hearts of people everywhere across the world. 
However, such people as British Prime Minister Boris Johnson, who himself has COVID-19, is continually warning the nation to stay at home. And in a letter sent out to 30 million households across the country, he says things will get worse before they get better. I'm reminded of the scripture in the book of Jeremiah 6 verse 14 that says they dress the wound of my people as though it were not serious. Peace, peace, they say, when there's no peace. A reminder of our human frailty and limitations in the face of any crisis. For the first time in our lives, churches around the world will be celebrating Easter this weekend by not gathering together. It's a tragic picture of these sad and scary days. Yet it's similar in several ways to what happened on that very first Easter. John shows us Mary Magdalene weeping outside the tomb, while Matthew adds that she and the other Mary were very afraid. The disciples, meanwhile, were so scared they stayed indoors, much like all of us today in the COVID-19 crisis. But then Jesus showed up and everything began to change. To the two Marys, Jesus said, do not be afraid. And to the disciples, he declared, peace be with you. The risen Christ is still speaking these words to his people. He sees the struggle of our disrupted lives. He knows our fears about the survival of our churches. And he knows the added pressure we feel even this Easter weekend, let alone the rest of the month of April and the rest of 2020. This raises so many questions. What will we do? How will we help our people celebrate good news in such hard times? The answers to all these questions was given to us on that very first Easter. In fact, it is the very reason why Christians across the world will be celebrating Easter in isolation. The answer is so simple. There is an empty tomb in Jerusalem. Even though Easter has been highly commercialized, chocolate eggs, bunny rabbits, and so on, yet to the genuine Christian, it is the hope of our immortality. Christ has risen from the dead, and because he lives, we who know him shall live also. In the resurrection, Jesus Christ conquered sin and death and is alive forevermore. All over the world, Christians will be celebrating Easter because there is an empty tomb in Jerusalem. You know, we worship a risen living Savior who has promised to give immortality to all who believe in his name. No longer do men and women need to stumble in the fog and the darkness of hopelessness. God's light shines brighter than the noonday sun, offering hope to everyone who's been born again. Jesus promised, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Long ago, Job asked, if mortals die, can they live again? Well, we expect death, but we always have a glimmer of hope that medical science will discover something that will keep us alive a little longer. Death carries with it a certain dread. From the day that Abel was killed, people have dreaded death. It has been the enemy of mankind, the great mysterious monster and evil that makes people quake with fear. The Bible always links sin and death. It says the sting of death is sin, and through one man's sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spreads to all men because all sinned. I'm so grateful that the scientific community of the world is racing to find a COVID-19 vaccine to give a vague promise to humanity of immortality based upon chemical changes and formulas. But until science can find a solution for the problem of sin, it will not find a solution for the problem of death. Even if science could find some secrets to prolong the life on this earth, it would at the same time only succeed in extending our time of sorrow and grief. You know, death stalks the rich and the poor the educated and the uneducated. Death is no respecter of race, colour or creed. Its shadow haunts us day and night. 
We never know when the moment of death will come for us. As of today, the World Health Organization reports that there are more than 85,000 confirmed deaths due to COVID-19. Meanwhile, 1.35 million people die in road traffic accidents every year. And so far, over 16 million people have died this year. There are 1,001 causes that bring about death to both old and young daily. We try to cushion the blow by taking out insurance and other kinds of devices to make our last days comfortable, perhaps. But the stark dreaded reality of death is always staring us in the face. And so, is there any hope? Is there any way out? Is there a possibility of immortality? Well, my friends, I'm not going to take you to some scientific laboratory to answer that question, or to a classroom of the sceptical philosopher, or to the office of an agnostic politician. I'm going to take you to an empty tomb in the Garden of Joseph of Arimathea. It was only a few hours before Mary, Mary Magdalene and Salome had gone to anoint the body of the crucified Christ. They'd been startled to find the tomb empty. An angel sat on the stone by the door of the tomb and said, I know you're looking for Jesus. Then the angel said, he's not here, for he is risen. The greatest news that mortal ears has ever heard is the news that Jesus Christ has risen from the dead, as he promised. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is the chief proof of the Christian faith. It is the truth that lies at the very foundation of the gospel. Other doctrines of the Christian faith are also important, but the resurrection is essential. Without a a belief in the resurrection, there can be no personal salvation at all. The Bible says if we confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. In the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we have the answer to the great question of the ages. If a person dies, can they live again? Well, the Bible teaches that because Christ lives, we also shall live. We should remember and continually emphasize this in our Christian faith, as it's the only religion in all the world today that claims that its founder rose from the dead and which can point to an empty tomb. In fact, every religion and philosophy in the world agrees on this one thing, that their founders have never come out of death in the resurrection. It is Christianity alone that can point to an empty tomb. The greatest truth that you can ever hear is that Jesus Christ died but rose again, and that you too will die but can rise again into newness of life. The Bible teaches the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is not a spiritual resurrection as some would have us believe. Jesus' very body was raised by God from the dead, and someday we will see the nail prints in his hands. We'll be able to put our fingers right there. The resurrected Christ also lives today in another very real sense, in the heart of every true believer. Though he is in his glorified body in heaven, yet through the Holy Spirit, he dwells in the hearts of every Christian. The scripture says Christ lives in you, and this is your assurance that you will share in his glory. You know, the Christ of God in whom the fullness of God lives in a human body condescends to live within the hearts of people. This is a mystery that is beyond comprehension and yet gloriously true. When we come to Jesus Christ, we bring everything that we have, your bodies with all their members, your faculties, your talents, your time, your money, your possessions, your hearts, your will, they're all his. Consider your faces. Your faces become the faces in which the resurrected Christ shows forth his beauty and his glory. 
Your eyes become the eyes of the resurrected Christ to exhibit his sympathy and his tenderness. He wants to look on the world's needs through your eyes. Your eyes should never be lent to the devil. They belong to God now. Be careful how you use your eyes, because the resurrected Christ living in you is looking through your eyes. Let him control your vision now. Your lips become the lips of the resurrected Christ to speak his messages. This means that the harsh, unkind words remain unspoken. Other people marvel at the gracious words that come out of our mouths. When he was on earth, the people said, no man ever spoke like this man. And this is the one who lives within you. Your lips immediately become an instrument for the expression of his message. It's not what you say that counts, but what he says through you. His words are spirit and life. The word going forth out of his mouth cannot return void. Remember, your lips are his. They should never be lent to the devil. Your ears become the ears of the resurrected Christ. They will be sensitive to every cry of spiritual need. Jesus living in you today listens through your ears and hears the plaintive cry of the world's needs. Take heed of what you hear. Refuse to hear the voice of the tempter or give your sanction to the spread of false reports and idle rumours concerning others. Your ears are Jesus' ears. Never lend them to the devil. Your mind becomes the mind of the resurrected Christ. The scripture says, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. So cultivate spiritual thinking. Your intellect becomes his so that he may plan through you and you may be an instrument for the realisation of his purpose. Yield your mind to him so that you may know his secrets and be kept in his will. Never lend your mind to the devil. The mind's the devil's favourite avenue to attack. Your hands, they become the hands of the resurrected Christ to act on his impulse. He will work through you. Again, it's not what you do for him that counts, but what he does through you. The living Christ dwells in our hearts and gives us power to live the victorious life. It was the Apostle Paul that said that the same power that raised Christ from the dead is ours to enable us to live for him. The feet of the Christian need to tread the narrow path that the Saviour trod, keeping in step with him throughout the earthly pilgrimage. He lives in you. We're to allow the resurrected Christ to allocate our time as his own, to allow him to control our money as his own, to energise our talents, your zeal and your ability with his resurrected life, to have complete right of way throughout your being, without reserve, without regret and without retreat. He doesn't want a room in your house. He claims the whole building from the ground to the roof. Not only does the resurrection give us hope of immortality, but also provides life in all its fullness. Before the resurrection of Christ, the Holy Spirit came upon people only on certain occasions for special tasks. But now, after the resurrection, Christ, through the Holy Spirit, dwells in the hearts of every believer to give us supernatural power in living our daily lives. The scripture says that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead on the first Easter will raise us from the dead if the Spirit lives in us. Take advantage of this. Call upon his resources right now. His grace is more than sufficient for you. He will cause you always to triumph over the world, over flesh, over the devil, over COVID-19, over everything. Perhaps some of you do not know the power of the resurrected Christ. Maybe you've never knelt at the empty tomb. Perhaps you've never knelt at the foot of the cross and had your sins forgiven. Well, on that first Good Friday, Jesus Christ died on the cross in your place. He took your judgment. He took your sin. He took your death. Scripture teaches, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. 
The Bible says the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. And then on the third day, Jesus was raised from the dead. And that very fact is a guarantee the death of Jesus Christ was acceptable to God in your place. The atoning work of Christ on the cross was acceptable by God in your place. And now all you need to do are three things. One, put your faith in God and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Two, turn away from the wrong things you do in your life and say sorry to him. He will forgive you completely. And three, surrender your life to him every day and make him the God of your life. Follow these steps and you will be saved. God says that he will clothe you in his righteousness. Everyone can know the power of the resurrected Christ. Through disappointments, tragedies and trials, through all the circumstances of life, the resurrected Christ will go with you if you'll put your trust in him by faith. What better time can there be to give your life to Christ than Easter 2020? To bend your will to his, to let the resurrected Christ come to dwell in your heart and give you supernatural power to meet the problems of the day. So many people are confused, lonely and discouraged. Are you willing to renounce your sins? Would you like God to transform your life? Would you like to receive eternal peace and assurance? Would you like to kneel at the empty tomb? Will you give your life to Christ today? If you'd like to receive Christ into your life today, please join me in saying this prayer. I would ask you, wherever you are, if you may, just bow your heads and close your eyes and repeat these words after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I love you very much indeed, and I thank you for this day that you made. I am so sorry for every wrong thing I've done in my life, and I ask you please to forgive me. Please, I pray that you'll give me the strength to stop doing these bad things again. And if I fail you again, please help me to turn to you and to say sorry to you and to do something about it. My Lord, please help me to surrender my life to you. But I do not know how. Please help me to put you first. Please help me to speak to you every day, to pray to you. Please help me to find a Bible, to read it and obey it. Please help me to find a local church fellowship to be part of, to learn about you and to support other believers. And please give me a real inspiration to share my faith with other people. I invite you into my heart today to be my saviour. I say this prayer in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I hope you said this prayer with me today and I really pray for your safety throughout this crisis, throughout the rest of this month, throughout the rest of this year and throughout the rest of your life. God bless you and happy Easter. We hope you enjoyed the message. Please subscribe and leave a rating and review to help others find our podcast. At GCS, our mission is to communicate the gospel message relevantly to every person in the world. One way we do this is by providing practical resources to help you grow in your faith and present the Christian faith across different cultures. You can find out more about our resources at www.greatcommissionsociety.com. If you would like to donate to our efforts, be sure to contact us, or you can donate online. GCS is a listener-supported ministry and is chaired by a board of directors in Edinburgh, UK.